Mortal, can these bones live? Can these dry, scattered, lifeless bones, the remnant of God's faithful people, the representation of their shattered hopes and unfulfilled dreams, can these bones live? The Spirit of God, the hand of God, comes and takes the prophet to a valley, a valley full of bones. God leads Ezekiel all around the valley, up and down, surveying all the death and destruction. And when the prophet can stand no more, God asks Ezekiel, mortal, can these bones live? And the prophet says all he can say, a statement of his confidence in God and yet his inability to imagine anything different. Ezekiel replied, oh, Lord God, you are the one who knows. The valley was full of dry bones, very dry bones, not the sort of bones that have tissue still attached to them, but bones that had been left out so long that only the bone was left. The bones of those who had died so long ago that no one remembered who they were, whose deaths were barely recalled by God's people. These aren't the bones of those killed in Palestine these last few weeks. They aren't the bones of those tortured and killed in Syria over the last several years. No, these are bones of those who died so long ago whose bodies were left abandoned. These are the bones of Tulsa. These are the bones of Elaine. Can these bones live? Ezekiel the prophet wrote at a time when God's people had suffered incalculable loss. Their nation had been defeated, their cities had been destroyed, their homes had been demolished, their people had been carted off in exile. As far as everyone could tell, their God had abandoned them, had forsaken their name, even their hopes had died. Dry bones were all that was left. Can these bones live? God told the prophet to prophesy to the bones and to say to the bones, thus says the Lord God, I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live. I will lay sinews on you and will cause flesh to come upon you and will cover you with skin and will put breath in you and you shall live. And when the prophet spoke the words that he was commanded to preach to those bones, suddenly there was a haunting noise, a rustling and rattling as bones came back to their bones. What a horrible and terrifying sound that must have been. 
The prophet watched as sinews began to attach and hold one bone to another, and then muscle tissue appeared where it hadn't been in ages. Finally, skin comes to cover it. And yet, as the prophet surveyed those who stood in front of him, there was no breath in them. Lifeless those bodies still were until the prophet said to the breath, Come and breathe from the four winds life into these bodies again that they might live. God helps the prophet and helps us see that these bones aren't just bones. They are God's people. God's people who had struggled for so long that they had forgotten how to hope, had forgotten that things could ever be any other way. People who had given up, whose outlook was lifeless, but God wasn't finished with them yet. God came and breathed new life, new hope, into God's people. That is the work of the Holy Spirit. That's the Spirit's work in every age. God's breath is that which breathes life into these old, dry bones that they might live again. Can these bones live? O oh Lord God, you are the one who knows. Today at Pentecost, we celebrate that breath, that spirit that breathes life into the world. We celebrate this day, not a moment of the Spirit's arrival, but a promise of the Spirit abiding with us, remaining with us, so that in every generation that power of new life and new breath might come again. The way Jesus described the work of the Holy Spirit to his disciples on the night he was arrested and taken from them, he said the Spirit's work is to prove the world wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment, which is a fancy way of saying that the Spirit's work is to show the world that what they thought was true is not true. That when they thought God and God's people had been defeated, they were wrong because God's spirit work is always to breathe new life into those old, dry bones. Easter was a moment when we saw the powers of this world turned on their head, but Pentecost is more than a moment. It's an age. It's an era in which we still live, the era of the spirit's work. When Paul saw what the Spirit, excuse me, when Peter saw what the Spirit did at Pentecost that day, Peter understood that what Joel had imagined had come true. The last days, he said, are upon us, and we still live in those last days. And what do those days look like? They look like God's Spirit being poured out on all people, old and young male and female, slave and free, no one, no one is excluded from God's good news of life and breath and hope. But who's going to take that good news to them? It's us. 
It's we who live in this era of the Spirit. We who are baptized into this way of being. We through whom that Spirit breathes, that that Spirit might bring new life even to the ends of the earth. On this Pentecost day, we must do the difficult work of walking through that valley, the valley of our own day, a valley where the dry bones have been collecting for generations, those places all around us where hope has been forgotten, where dreams seem to have died. What will God's breath say to them? What will the Holy Spirit say to them through us, even those valleys where literal bones are exposed. The work of God's Spirit is to bring new life and new possibility. That is always God's work, which means it's our work too. But we're not alone. God does an amazing and terrifying and unexpected thing this day and every day. On the day of Pentecost, 50 days after Easter, the Holy Spirit came and breathed into a house like a violent wind. Tongues of fire descended on the apostles and they began to speak in languages none of them knew. That's a sign of a power that still runs through us. What sign will God show the world that new life has come? What sign will God use us to deliver to those who need to hear it most? The good news that God's spirit, God's breath has come to breathe new life into the world. Can these bones live? God is the one who knows, and God has called us to make it known. Thanks be to God. Amen.